You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of White People Won't Save You. This is a podcast where we deconstruct these white server films and recontextualize them through a black and POC lens. I'm one of your hosts, Jordan Clark. And I'm the other one, Cameron Mason. And we're we're back with our holiday episode. Hey, uh, welcome. We have our, our lovely sisters with us, Kemet and Carmen. What hey. up? Hello. And, what up? Uh, we got... It's. I mean, this is definitely not a holiday. Movie. Yeah, I know. Like, why do we do these holiday episodes? Well, I will say the last one we did was Operation Christmas Drop, right? Yeah, yeah. So and that was yeah, we, a holiday. There's we other did try ones. to do some holiday last year, but yeah, mm. but it's year. all good. I think you know because we. It's if you're looking for a white Christmas, we have white dogs. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? I look. I can't. I'm trying to make the connections. <laughs> You got to work with what you got. Yeah, I understand. Um, well, we're we're here to talk about 1982's White Dog, uh, <laughs> which is a movie that I knew about in like the peripheral. Like I had heard the name and I had heard about the concept, and that was it. I think I just kind of somebody told me what it was about, and okay, <laughs> sure, it seems like a movie, but. We we have we have watched it now, and uh, I just want to know: Did any Cameron said he had seen this movie before? Yeah, unfortunately. Um, so I used to work at uh, Film Forum in Manhattan. It's like one of those uh, repertory houses that kind of only plays like very small indies or like older films that you know don't really play in the theaters. So you know, if you want to see like Beverly Hills Cop or you know Godard's you know, weekend or something like that, then that's where you go. So I worked there and they were playing a uh, Sam Fuller retrospective. And I was familiar with him as like, a, you know, kind of anarchist filmmaker, trying to ruffle feathers. He's uh, known for another movie called The Naked Kiss, as well as uh, Shot Corridor which I saw, I, I saw Shot Corridor first and I was like, okay, that's actually like kind of interesting, a little provoking. And then the next movie was White Dog. And I was like, now he talked about race though. <laughs> now he talked about race. So I went to see this in the theater projected on 35 millimeter with other people present. And this, oh man, this did not go over well. <laughs> this did not go over well. <laughs> Just, you can hear the groans of like, ooh, that's, that's that's a caustic image yeah um so yeah i it was in it was about halfway through this screening i think it was like when she got to the the animal camp i guess okay then i was like oh i've i've watched this entire movie before mm. <laughs> yeah. you just tried to repress it and you're like, i really oh, did memories coming back I, I i tried to repress the fact that i spent two three more dollars on it again yeah. thanks mm. Three ninety nine. If you just Google a little bit, yeah. yeah well, I, I fucked up. Yeah, I looked until I got to like the third page of like Daily Motion White Dog, and then I found it. Yeah. Shout out Daily Motion. Yeah, yeah. yeah. they really do do the work. Uh, them and Tubi. Well, was it free on Daily Motion? Yeah, someone had posted it 
<sighs> I did want. Yeah, I was like, I'm not paying for that. It's like the Mason kids <laughs> paid for it. Yeah. Uh, well, Kevin, <sighs> Carmen, had you had you heard of White Dog or watched White Dog before this? I've never watched it before, and I'm mad I had to pay for it because <laughs> it did nothing for me, did nothing for my life, it didn't enrich anything, mm. and I could have bought a lip gloss. That's fair. That's a fair assessment. Could have bought a pack of pins. I could have bought some candy. Like, I'm mad. (laughs) Carmen, did you know about this movie? Yeah, I've heard of it, and I'm trying to remember if I've seen it or not. It's like one of those movies that if I did, I saw it in a time in college when I don't necessarily fully remember all the movies like that I watched or not. But it's like definitely from a time in cinema that I do like a lot. Mm. Um, like I love like just 1982, like early 80s. Like cinema is really dark. Yeah. Um, it's kind of wild too. Yeah. Like hardcore. I don't know if you guys have seen that. I'm um, familiar with it. I just haven't seen the whole thing. But Those that's... types of movies. Yeah. So I was like, okay, like I did appreciate you know until it got to the race part i was like okay i appreciate the vibes but then i was just like yeah this is i don't know so yeah well for a those lot of questionable who, decisions for those who who can't put two and two together uh this is a movie called white dog about a white dog that attacks black people <laughs> <laughs> and the movie itself um there's a lot. I mean, when we get to the behind the scenes part, like there's a lot that that goes into it. But it is a movie that was a couple of years in the making um, and finally came to fruition in 1981 when they they really needed movies to come out because there was a writer strike and there was a director strike. And so it kind of got fast tracked um, whole controversy behind it. But for those who, again, are familiar, it's from Samuel Fuller, the director. And uh, also by Curtis Hansen, who is a screenwriter. I think, Cameron, you can talk about him a bit, too, because I'm not really more familiar than anything that he did besides L.A. Confidential. He also did direct 8 Mile. Yes. is a weird. <laughs> what a. Yeah. He he messy. He a messy boy. Um, yeah. He's uh, he's kind of like an all over filmmaker, not necessarily like you get one genre or one type of film. Because, you know, he's also, like, directed, like, right before 8 Mile, he directed Wonder Boys with fucking <laughs> mm. uh, Michael. Wow. Uh, what uh, is, go, like, guy, succession Michael, Michael of Douglas. films? Yeah. yeah. It's so random. It, it, like, all of it is random. And then after 8 Mile is the... In Her Shoes, yeah. In Her Shoes is is Cameron Diaz and Tony Collette. It's like a yeah. jokey movie. <laughs> and then the next writer-director movie is, like, a... Sh- straight to DVD almost drama called Lucky You with Eric yeah. Bana and Drew Barrymore. Like he, he has a wild career. It's kind of like all over and not really like um, hyper successful except for LA Confidential. And I would also say probably like Hand That Rocks the Cradle. Yeah. Yeah. Well, these two teamed up to make White Dog. And <laughs> um, it's interesting because when you when you look at the the numbers it's a little we'll get to it in a bit but it had a budget of seven million uh because it was just kind of thrown into production and only made forty six thousand dollars at the box office because it had mm. a very limited run all races um, yeah <laughs> all of them. I, we didn't we didn't 
talk about this before, but who's who wants to do the five minutes, Cameron? Do you? Am I I'll, doing I'll do it. I'll do it. Yeah. Oh, you got it. Okay. Um, yeah. There. It's also stars. Um, Chris McNichol, Paul Winfield, Burl Ives. Um, Burl and, Ives, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> We're gonna talk about that that guy in a, in a minute. Yeah. <laughs> Ridiculous character. Uh, but, Ridiculous character and person a little bit. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Uh, Cameron, do you want to go ahead and, and get into it? Yeah, let me uh, pull up my notes. <laughs> All right, ready when you are. Three, two, one, go. Okay, so the movie literally opens black screen, and then you just hear the noise of screeching tires and the dog whimpering after being hit. So, yes, uh, Julie, played by Christopher Nichol, uh, hits a a white dog in the middle of like the Los Angeles, like uh, Laurel Canyon area, by the way, she rich apparently, but we mm. won't get to that. <laughs> um, <laughs> Julie takes him to the veterinarian and the veterinarian treats the dog immediately. He's covered in blood, but they, you know, managed to stitch him up. And the dog looks kind of cute, but also like the, the doctors are even a little worrisome about this dog, you know, and Julie, well, they're, knows. they're worried about how she's gonna pay for this. They're worried about how she's gonna pay for it. Yes, <laughs> and then she she hits him with the "I got money, Mister." <laughs> Which, yeah, I was a little. I mean, I, I was insulted for her the way I was she too, a little said, bit, "Like, honestly. oh, I'm an actress," and I was like, "Well, do actresses make money?" Like, ooh, okay. Yeah, but then I got into. I'll get into it after the five minutes because this is definitely a little sketchy. <laughs> but yes, yeah, so she does pay for the dog's, uh, you know, care, and she decides to take the dog back because she knows that it's going to go to a kennel and it's going to get probably killed, yeah. uh, euthanized. So she takes the dog home that night. A rapist, like literally, just like busts up in her random house and tries to attack her. But the dog is like, "Nah, I feel that. I feel that." Some something's happening in here. So the dog attacks the guy, and the guy like literally like leaves, not before he jumps through the window yeah. to like bite him some more. Yeah, Doug was like, I ain't done. I ain't done. <laughs> <laughs> Bust through a window. So anyway, the dog uh she's like, Well, the dog protect me. So like I I, I guess I want the dog now. Yeah. So uh she decides to try to adopt it. Uh but the dog also like Later that night, after she finds out she can't really adopt, fully adopt the dog at that moment, uh, she takes the dog back home and the dog sneaks out, like leaves the house, leaves the property and goes and, and almost like it, it beelines for the first black person it sees who happens to be a street sweeper guy. Yeah. So he's he's. Is he whistling, by the way? I don't know if Maybe. he's whistling and Just minding his business. Minding his goddamn business. <laughs> he's minding his goddamn business. And this dog is like, black person. Don't like it. Starts growling, showing the teeth. Jumps up into the street sweeper. Attacks the shit out of this guy. The guy drives into like a modern woman store. Like a modern woman clothing store. That it seems to be built specifically for this scene. It is freestanding, <laughs> and, ex- and the building explodes. And the dog jumps out right before. And the dog jumps out right before, <laughs> knowing that the street sweeper is about to go into a building. Anyway, I only got five minutes. This, this movie's fucking insane. <laughs> so anyway, uh, she go. She the dog is also out that night. So like after this chaos happens, the dog like goes out, you know, further rampaging, I guess. 
And uh, Julie wakes up that morning, finds out the dog isn't there. She's like, oh, my God, I'm going to freak. I'm freaking out. She starts looking all over for the dog. She gets her ancient boyfriend to start, like, help her looking for the dog. And then the uh, uh, animal shelter truck pulls up that, you know. Oh, no, the dog, the dog comes back on its own. Oh, is that is that the dog comes back on his own? Yeah, the dog runs back into her bed covered in blood. Yeah, covered in blood. But but she's okay with it. Yeah, no, she's fine. She's She's cool with it. You're just dirty. You need a bath. You need a bath. Oh my god! Oh my god! You need, you need me to help you get rid of the evidence. Yeah. <laughs> like I don't care if that's an animal's blood. Like you're just gonna hug that. Th- oh yeah. Yes, my note that I wrote was the dog comes home covered in blood and gets rewarded. <laughs> so okay, so the that's a running theme. The dog's always covered in blood, mm. like just sm- <laughs> smothered in blood. By the way, like. It, the effect is hilarious. It's literally like the makeup <laughs> guy was like slathered his hand in red paint and just like smashed it on the dog, just smushed it on the dog in places. Yeah. So it just looks like chaos. It's kind of funny, actually. So the next day, the <laughs> the she takes the dog um, to work. Well, to work. That's the next day. Oh shit. Yes. So yes. So the next day, she takes the dog to her acting gig. Because yes, and um, so Julie and her black friend Molly are playing uh, gondola riders. I guess yeah. they're just French ladies in a gondola, and um, they're just kind of hanging around, hanging out on set, doing absolutely nothing. By the way, like Julie is living in Laurel Canyon off of just a day as a gondolas. I yeah, you can't do not in twenty twenty three. Definitely not in nineteen eighty two. Anyway, again, besides the point. So they're they're gondolasing and hanging out on the gondola, and then the dog literally is napping on the side when he wakes up, smells Negro, and is like, "What's good, <laughs> Molly?" And Molly wants Molly, and they literally have to drag Homegirl off the set. <laughs> they literally have to drag her away. So and was just like. And, and, and Julie does the thing that all white people do, which is like, oh, my God, that's so crazy. Oh, my God. And not not even like like self like, oh, my God, I can't believe I took my dog to set. And the thing happened that I thought was going to happen. Or not even Molly. Are you OK? None of Doesn't that. Just even go to try and get the dog herself. Like nope. no responsibility. Just like zero responsibility wow. for it, even though it's it. she didn't adopt the dog, but it's her dog. Yeah. So either way, now the dog's a problem. Like this is this is she, he came home covered in blood one night. He bit my friend at work. <laughs> I, I gotta do something about this. So she looks up some trainers and she finds this like animal, this Hollywood animal camp where they like kind of train up animals to have them in movies and stuff like that. And it's run by two people, Carruthers and Keys. Carruthers is played by Burl Ives. He's a big, rotund, white dude. I gotcha. Damn. I tried. Keep going. You got it. I know what the movie. I, at least this time, I actually know what's happening in the movie. Usually, <laughs> I'm like, uh, it's just a hodgepodge that comes back. But anyway, uh, so Carruthers is, you know, he, he he gives her the spiel. You know, kind of tells him tells her about his like career as an animal trainer and says that ever since Star Wars and robots, they haven't been wanting like real animals on set. He actually throws like a dart at R two D 2s heart. For some reason, um, I don't know what that was about. That felt a little bit screenwritery. Yeah, he's got a beef it's with a robot. robot. That's yeah, a I think weird. Chris Hansen didn't like Star Wars. <laughs> um, but either way, yeah, Burl Ives Carruthers is like, yeah, I don't know what to tell you. I think you should kill that fucking dog for real. 
it, you know, you, you can't train. It's just going to bite people. It can't unlearn things. Like, it, it's not what the line is. Can't nobody unlearn a dog, okay? Yeah. So she leaves that with that because she's like, I can't, I can't kill this dog. So she wanders around the camp a little bit more and runs into Keys, who's played by Paul Winfield, a black man. So Keys is like, this is this is crazy. Keys just like sees the dog and upon like learning about its habits is like, I'm gonna train that dog. I'm gonna train the shit out of that dog. I'm actually, you know what? That dog is now my best fucking friend. Because I want to unlearn that. Well, because this is the dog, dog like try to attack just another random black person walking yeah. around living their life, and oh, everybody's yes, like, like, "That's a white dog." That's when they like, put two and two together. Like, wait a minute! Oh yes, I, I only forgot. attacking black people. I forgot that when the when they leave Carruthers' office, like the dog immediately sees a black dude like standing, <laughs> and like beelines for him and just like bites the shit out of it, and it's like crazy scene also this movie has an ennio morricone score by the way mm -hmm. so and that if you don't know that's the guy who like scored like brian de palma's films from the 80s like the that's the um no because that's not is that psycho he's psycho he is no no he's he's like the old western scores like yeah. the spaghetti westerns of yeah of late uh of you know the 1950s like the john ford movies Good, bad, and the ugly stuff like that. The spaghetti westerns, so the Italian westerns. He scored all those. So now you've got this like punching score, this like violin shrieks score, heavy violins, heavy like cellos and stuff like that. Every time the dog bites the shit out of a black person, and the black person is screaming and sweating. Um. So yeah, they, yes, they put two and two together, and they're like, "Damn, this is a this is a problem." And then Keys like walks up, and he's like, "Nah, I'm gonna end the bullshit." So Keys like starts putting on the gear. He's like, nah, let me put on the big old gloves and lets the dog like bite the shit out of him and kind of like starts to do this as a thing of like, so his training method is basically I'm put on the gear and let the dog bite the shit out of me. And then I'm going to take off the mask and let the dog know that it is just me, his good friend Keys. Yeah. I'm a good guy. I'm one of the good ones. Literally, I'm one of the good ones. <laughs> <sighs> so... So Paul Winfield, you know, schools him on the schools uh, Julie on the process, uh, and, and and basically tells uh, Julie like how white dogs are like bred is that um, kind of like racist whites would go into town and find black winos and junkies and pay the junkies to beat up the dogs as puppies, which is like hyper cruel. Of white people, by the way, of white people. First of all, you're going into town to go find like downtrodden black people and then give them beer money to do cruelty to animals. Yep. Just saying, just throwing that out there. Um, In the service of those animals, then like hating your race. Hating yes. black yeah. people and then attacking them for their the rest of their entire life. So... This goes on for a minute, you know, Keys is trying to train his dog. It's, it's kind of going well. You can't really tell. She has to um, give him a hamburger. Yeah, she tries to give him a that. burger. And the dog is like. Show <laughs> black hands out of my face. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I mean, the, the shot choices are hilarious with like the black hands holding burgers in front of like the sneering dog. It's just so, kind of stupid, honestly. Um, so it goes on for a while. And uh, I, I guess, like, 
the dog kind of escapes the camp and yeah, a very yes, dramatic scene for the most dramatic scene i'm gonna say uh this is the craziest shit ever y'all is this dog sees a random another like all these black men by the way are just i love Living. how he, i love how he chose that they're just doing nothing things i'm yeah. doing my street sweepy job i was just the other guy at the camp was just like sweeping dirt on other dirt he wasn't doing anything and then this guy is wearing a suit in the middle of the night like that's all it is and this dog is like well, this is in daylight Cameron. this is in broad oh, daylight. daylight i just watched this movie this morning okay, i think he gets off a bus and in like broad daylight yeah <laughs> okay good good yes so yes the yeah the guy gets off the bus bus pulls away and the dog is like surprise <laughs> surprise <laughs> me <laughs> um and just yeah just runs up on him and bites the shit out of him and, and bites him like kind of like down the road like they just move down the road a little bit they they tussle down the road and they tussle into a freestanding church uh. jesus christ <laughs> literally yeah and the, the dog drags his ass into the church and then drags him behind the pews and all you can hear is like the growling and the tearing and the screaming yeah. as the camera pans up to your buddy jesus it's like the craziest scene in the movie. It's the craziest scene in the movie. Followed by, again, crazy. Keys, it's like, wonder where the dog went. <laughs> Found the dog. And like, he knew to go to the black neighborhood. He was like, I yeah. bet he went. Well, I love that too. Is that to there's no Central. searching around town. It's literally like, well, I'm going to go find black people. And then sure enough, I went to the black church and found the dog and the, and the murder. And so he's like, this is enough. He starts going around town looking for the dog. He finally finds finds the dog and tranks it and brings it back to the camp. Uh, <laughs> and they kind of have like a, a showdown of wills. Basically, he's like, "I'm gonna train this fucking dog. Like it's it's gonna happen." And this happens to be the time that it works. Like he happens to like hand the dog. To, well, he hands the dog the burger, right? Yeah. And the dog's like, "All right." I've had enough dark meat. I think. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh my god! So yes, so this happens, and uh, wait, hold on. Oh yes, so at this time, Julie's like freaking out about the dog, and she decides like that morning to go back to the camp. On the way back, on the way like leaving out her house, this old white man pulls up <laughs> with two freaky little girls from The Shining <laughs> right next to him, talking about. Hey y'all! I, I saw the signs that you were putting out, and I, I think that dog—that dog's my dog. And she has this like crisis of conscience immediately. It's like you—you you train the white dog, and the two little girls are like, "Grandpa, what's she talking about?" And then she goes off. She's like, "I'm woke. I'm done with the bullshit. Your grandpappy is raising white dogs to." white black people and this grand and this grandfather is like children children don't listen to her don't listen to her your grandpa is the nicest nicest white man on the planet and she's like no ah! screaming as she gets in her convertible and rides over to the camp where paul whitfield is about to pull a gun on this dog he's like i'm fucking tired of the bullshit the dog tries to bite somebody else and he, or the dog basically sees somebody else and he's like i think i'm a bite I think I'm gonna do it. And Paul Winfield is like, all right, man, I didn't want to pull out the blicky, but like, let's go. Pulls out the gun. And like, this all happens at once. Like, 
<laughs> the guy, the dog is like, I'm a, I'm a bite you. But then goes, runs up to the guy and says, nah, nah, I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm a good boy. Sorry. And then, and then Chris, and then, uh, Julie shows back up at that moment. And then the dog's like, I hate Julie now. I'm going to run up with Julie. And then literally does the exact same thing, pulls back at the last minute. And then uh, Carruthers shows up at the last minute. And in a confusing situation, he's like, nah, I'm going to bite him, though. I'm going yeah, to bite him. That, dude. <laughs> I've been biting black people for like, yes, this entire movie. But at the end, I think I'm going to switch it up. I'm going to try something different. <laughs> I'm going to try something different. different. <laughs> he, he goes uh, Miles Morales. He's like, no, nah, <sighs> I'm going to do my own thing. <laughs> and bites the shit out of Carruthers. And then Keys is like, ah, oh, shit, I gotta shoot the dog. Shoots the dog. Dog dies. <laughs> By the way, shout out this dog. He played dead so good. Yeah, He was a we good boy. I have dog acting school, but... <laughs> but this dude died with his eyes open and, like, kept it. Yeah. <laughs> For, like... And they hold the take. Like, they literally hold it. It's like a three-minute take of, like, this dog laying in the dirt, like, ah, eyes open. As they drag Carruthers' beaten up ass away, <laughs> camera crane into the sky. The end. <laughs> so you know that's uh, white dog. That's white dog. <laughs> <laughs> let's, yeah, let's, let, let's talk about a couple of things yeah, because this fucking crazy. <laughs> it, it's it's a crazy movie, <laughs> and I think you know after watching it because going into it, I was like. I read a little bit and, you know, the whole thesis of the movie is like, you know, hate is taught and, you know, is it possible to unlearn, you know, hateful ideology and all this stuff. And I get, and I get the allegory, right? Yeah. But when you, when you start to think about it, like the center doesn't really hold because if you think about like animal farm, as an allegory animal farm mm, mm. one is there's no humans involved it's all it's all the animals the animals are replicating human society mm-hmm. yeah it's a bit about communism and fascism and like all because it's written for the time but like taken as a larger metaphor you know it's about you know the dangers of like fascist rule autocratic rule like you know they check you out jordan right, invoking yeah. orwell on the podcast yeah. <laughs> trying to go light for christmas my guy is like i'm studied hold on but but it works because it, it takes place in, a, in almost a fantastical environment right, right. like you're like the the animals are talking and like having these conversations these political conversations and this movie takes place in our real world <laughs> with real people <laughs> and a real dog and so, you know, if you're if you're talking about it like, oh, well, literal face value, like the dog can't be racist because that implies power. The dog isn't gerrymandering voting districts or like, <laughs> you know, putting uh, falsehoods the into dog, the educational system. Is like actually drawing the red line on the map. <laughs> I heard niggas live here. Nah. <laughs> Um, so the dog can be prejudiced, you know, but like the the racism that is involved or uh, implied doesn't necessarily hold up. If you take it to a, a somewhat more abstract concept, like it doesn't, it's not one for one for people because dogs yeah. don't have morals. Like dogs don't know right from wrong. They just know what they've been taught, but also like survival. So like dogs do things to live, you know, like dogs, when dogs eat out of the trash can, it's not 
is this a good thing or a bad thing? It's like, I'm hungry and there's food in there. Right. And so I'm going to do it. Right. And so like people know right from wrong though. And even if they don't have all the information, they have an innate idea of like subjugating people is wrong. Right. <laughs> like hurting people <laughs> is wrong. Right. Like all of the, so like, even if somebody is ignorant, like they still can have the sense of like, Oh, this, but this isn't right. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you abstract it even more, just about like, can you unlearn or learn racist, you know, tendencies and ideologies? Even still, it's kind of like, well, like the like the dog doesn't know. Pe- like people are just people, right? People like are people to him. Like, and at the end, that's proven, right? Like the whole idea that the the dog is not even just necessarily differentiating between white and black, but like as you learn about how it's trained, like it is just fear and survival and so fear and survival if you again want to abstract that back to well that's what racists are like they're they're scared of black people or you know people of color and you know their survival instinct to keep white supremacy alive is to you know act and react in a certain way but even then it's kind of like i don't know like these people (laughs) i think the the willing complicit nature of racism right like the dog is not a willing participant in this the dog is just a tool that people are using right and so like maybe you can or cannot unteach the dog racism but more or less with racism it's even less about what you're taught and more about what you're never told right and like that's what the dog can't can't know what it can't know but like white people know like they they know they know about (laughs) slavery and they know about uh jim crow and they know about a lot you know what i mean like these things aren't secret you know, they're not taught about a, the, the true history of a lot of things right but like they they do know certain things so like to be able to say well you know if you just I, like i don't know what, what is the is the implication that if you just let a racist beat up a black man <laughs> <laughs> a suit uh, like one of those protective suits like eventually they'll just get it out of their system or like yeah and one day they just <laughs> won't want to punch anyone anymore yeah that's what i was like the more i thought about it, the more i was like I, I i see it i see the allegory i just don't know if it works like what did you guys think because did what the movie set out to do actually make sense in practice or is it more like you're not you're not quite getting there simple like i see it but you're not landing this i don't think it worked in practice at all because (laughs) the way that they were prioritizing like if we can just unlearn this one white dog and then unlearn all the white dogs which is like okay i mean that is not gonna fix racism though like that's like such a small part of it and like you are prioritizing this white dog over like so you're not gonna call the police about innocent people that were murdered so that no. you can unlearn this white dog like where are your priorities right like he was kind of treating so it like a science like oh i'm gonna i'm gonna find where all white dogs are wrong like where in their brain i need to figure it out so i can sell the cure like mm. he was just gonna do that with one dog and no one else is gonna do that with like a bunch of dogs like no one 
<laughs> you're gonna do it with one dog and it's not gonna work he even said it failed before like right. he tried this on right. other dogs and it's like if you're but if it failed with other dogs and this one is already has a body count on it like just kill yeah. it bro he did have kind of like an ahab <laughs> obsession with white yeah. dogs where he was like i'm no i'm gonna do it this time that, you know that's I mean? that scene that you're talking about that scene that kind of we're talking about is it's just like one of the it's, it's i think it's the craziest scene in the movie even crazier than the church somehow because it's like this is when the black dude keys uh paul winfield this is when he like you know basically like un unleashes his thesis statement he's like i'm fucking sick of racism and i want to <laughs> i want to i'm gonna cure this white dog and then i'm gonna go around la i'm gonna cure all the other white dogs and i'm gonna go around the world and i'm gonna cure all the white dogs and i'm like hold on hold on because you don't even know where these niggas is at and then and then if you succeed you still got to get to people and like martin luther king already tried so many other people tried before you keys yeah and you're not gonna like your your one mission is like so moot it's just like because it's it, 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 it just seems like, weird it just it seems like weird that it's people his, that are his... raising white dogs are gonna be like oh you you fixed my white my white dogs aren't racist anymore like, i guess you win right it just seems it just <laughs> seems so odd that it's like the black guy's like mission to cure not because it's that's where you're talking i get what you're talking about jordan where the like the the metaphor doesn't hold because he's trying to cure racism amongst dogs and it doesn't <laughs> carry over to humans it, his it's just like the movie becomes stupid then because like if you cure one white dog are you going to be happy or are you going to continue to like experience racism in your life for the rest of your life you know yeah well it seemed like he had some thought that if he could reverse engineer this dog that could be applied to people to people in a way which was like no. i don't know <laughs> And then, then the sequel to White Dog is more like Deep Blue Sea than when we got to fucking like extract the racism from yeah. white dogs and then well, like put it like... into old people's brains so we can cure Alzheimer's. Like, I don't, we'll cure racism. I don't know. Yeah. What, I well, don't know what you're trying to do, my guy. He was like, lobotomy, like, that's inhumane. Like, we can't do that to a dog. Like, we have to work to, to, to cure it. Cause like, like you said, Carruthers on site was like, oh, you got to kill that dog. Dog. Like, <laughs> Straight up. that dog that dog gotta die like there's no there's no way that and he anybody... was right and even even her you know her ain't shit boyfriend uh was like look i i know what you're thinking but like that dog has been trained to not just like attack but to kill like that's kill. what the yeah. dog does yeah and she's like well the dog shouldn't be put down the people who trained them should be put down like the dog is is innocent and like didn't do anything and he's like it's still gonna try to kill somebody and he uh, didn't he say something along those lines of like i i'm gonna kill the dog before it kills me or like something like that like he was very much just like you should you should kill the dog um the boyfriend but, yeah the boyfriend was like i mean he was looking out for his safety, it seemed, but yeah, he straight up wasn't shit. I mean, in general, no, yeah, and then well, becomes like less of a character as the movie goes on. I think that's like his last right. scene in the movie is that scene, yeah, right. But meanwhile, the dog's walking around basically like, but you could call me the can man because anybody can get it Africans, Americans, Dominicans, Mexicans, anybody can get it. <laughs> <It's> just... <laughs> <laughs> On site, <laughs> but it's true though. It's true. Like the way the movie like sets up these scenes is 
it's so laughable like you can't help but laugh that's so funny like that nigga got off the bus and was like what <laughs> and then the dog was like no nah, it's too late nigga i've been waiting for you seen like a horror movie i don't know if you remember because it's like it, the scene starts the dog is in the frame and around the corner you see a little black kid come out and you're like oh, oh yeah gonna get a, and then the mom like pulls them in and it's like oh, oh that fucking with us jump. now they're yeah. fucking with us. <laughs> well let's let's go through these scenes one by one because it is sure, wild. Sure. so like yeah. you know initially he attacks the rapist who the rapist who was white my, he was white one of my favorite lines in the movie but when they arrest him though. is like isn't this the same rapist we arrested last year and yeah. it's like Bro. Oh no, that's not what? good. Maybe that's we not good put him away for more than one year. And <laughs> right. So, I guess that's, that's like a thing good. on the justice system then, because it's like the justice system isn't working. So like we need white dogs to like take care of shit, you know? Yeah. So, I mean it, the cops it, it are posits, just kind of like to me Whoop. it posits that like racism is like necessary or like at least like attack dogs are necessary. Yeah. Well and and also I guess maybe to insinuate that even though she lives in the hills, she lives in a dangerous area. I don't know. It's a strange thing to do. So like, like I live in Brooklyn. I live in a dangerous house. area. You live in Baltimore. You live in a dangerous area. But <laughs> how did he even get in the house? I like he just showed open. up around the corner. Like he just hey. walked he said her in. Door was unlocked. Yeah. Yeah, that's some, she was that's playing. A, she was playing. She was playing a war movie <laughs> at a hundred decibels. That's also true. She was watching like <laughs> fucking like World War Two footage at like full volume. Like actual yeah, footage, not even a movie. Hear just like... at first because there was so much like violence going on. And I just love the idea that the dog is like peacefully sleeping to war. To war noises. <laughs> <laughs> I thought about that too because it, it just seems so deliberate. Like it's yeah. such it's a weird so choice. Sounds. Like Right? Because like if you're if you, I feel like if I'm making this movie and I'm making it like half-assed in my brain, right? Okay, what is Julie watching? I don't know. Fucking get a tape of Days of Our Lives. I don't care if it's two o'clock at night or like two o'clock in the morning or like you know nighttime. Just give me some romance. Give me a romance movie, and I'll stick that VHS in there. Not like I need war footage. And she's like falling asleep to it too. Like it's not even like she's like wide awake, invested in watching it. She's kind of like half asleep. <laughs> when have you ever just been like Ken Burns's war on the PBS? Like, let me let me get it let me get it popping a little bit, you know. Let me see what this is about. Uh, but then the dog, so the dog attacks a, a black man who is in a he's in the street sweeper. He's he's driving it. He, he is, is in so motion. minding his business. He is <laughs> so like I'm in a tr- I'm in a truck. No dog, dog can ever attack me. And the dog is kind of like. <laughs> slowly like walking alongside the street sweeper until it's just like all right now's now's the that time was crazy that uh, part was crazy when the dog is just like hey what's up man yeah i don't know i don't know what hey, I'm where you going here. do you live <laughs> here but where are you going? yeah yeah you live around let me see your id let me see your id and then just like jumps in malls there's it's it's one of these things one like you said cameron like the the shop that they drive into is like clearly just there to be driven into but two yeah. like nobody else is around or driving a car so like he's just it, in it the looks mi- like a it looks like a studio lot like it yeah. looks like the, we didn't light anything else on this street but this one building and the street in front of it i kind of love how that scene is lit honestly from a yeah. cinematic standpoint because it's just like we couldn't afford to put any set around here we literally have a street and a building at the end of the street that explodes <laughs> it's but and then, everything is in darkness <laughs> around it so it's like the dog and the person are like it's just like the most 
chaotic thing in the frame all the time until we get to the shop. And then the shop is like just standing there like doo doo doo. But then it's like the the implication I assume is that man is dead. Oh because yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. What? He he gets well, mauled mean... and then drives directly into <laughs> And also, so, shout out what you said earlier that the dog does jump out of the car before the explosion happens, like he's a stunt man for real. Right. Like he's like, oh, so I jump out here. I don't want to die, but I want to kill this black dude. Like I yeah. want to super kill this black dude, but I gotta make sure I live. And and goes home to Julie, who again washes the evidence off and is like, let's <laughs> let's go to work. And then at work, like you said, I don't know who agreed. She's not the star of the movie. She is a no, non-essential extra brought in for player. this scene. And yet somehow they're like, yeah, you can bring your animal to set. It's like to set, not even like leave it out back or like, you know, here's a place for your dog. But like on the set while we're filming, <laughs> your dog can be here. Your Let's just dog, chain it your... to a cinder block, I guess. <laughs> and yeah, that was that was the craziest part. A strong ass Julie knows this dog. Like she did not not see the blood on the dog. Yeah, I'm not saying she saw like what happened to old Street Sweeper Willie, but like, like she knows this dog is strong. Like, why would she just like? Okay, here's a large brick. I'm gonna tie. I'm gonna like tie this chain to the brick, and we gonna be good. At but I also work. have the question like, so Molly never met this dog, right? Because I think Molly would well, know yeah. on site. Yeah dog's racist right like she i think she would black people that. know black people know you, so black people know when we see dogs like we're like that dog's fine that's a good boy or like that's a racist dog yeah we know <laughs> i don't like how that dog's looking at me i don't like it why is it only looking at me why is it grinding his teeth why so is it the drooling? dog the dog is asleep and then i guess just molly being alive wakes it up and like it, it comes, and like lunch, I think there are they still filming the scene when it attacks her, or are they did they cut? I, I can't so. remember. Yeah. So like that's on camera. So like if she wants to sue, <laughs> she's there's footage. You know, cinematographer she's was surprisingly like, chill about it too. She's just kind of like, oh, you know, I'm okay. She's crazy. like, no, nah, I got SAG insurance. <laughs> Yo, Molly in the hospital is like the craziest character of the movie. The black woman who was beaten by the dog excuses both the dog and sag <laughs> like completely washes away any responsibility for sag and the dog and her friend julie yeah who had the agency in this scene like it's just yeah that's and as the screenwriter you got to be like that's crazy that's insane that the victim was like i'm good yo so Julie, but Julie witnesses this. Like this isn't the street sweeper where your dog just comes home with blood all over it. Like she's seeing this happen, and she's like, "I think this dog is still acceptable and fine to keep around." Well, no, but I think that's when she realizes that it's like a violent dog. Like I gotta train it. Well, I she don't saw have to it euthanize it, but I have to train it. She saw it jump out a window. She did see that, and Molly saw that. <laughs> And then she saw it come home covered in blood and then attack. I think at that point, it's not even like I got to put the dog down, but like I should I shouldn't have this dog like this dog should either be somewhere. <laughs> like this where, is not a good idea. Yeah. Either this if this dog is going to be a guard dog, like it should be guarding things, I guess. Or I, like, I think but I think what scares her is like literally the sight of the like the furnace like the euthanization furnace like 
Yeah. She, I mean, that she, was fucked up. That, yeah. that scene is crazy. Okay. Cause like, it's so built for Julie's needs yeah. in the movie. Not there's nothing like um, clandestine about it. I guess is the word where it's supposed to be like you know I'm entering a situation that is otherwise normal, but everything has like uh, is um, connotation to it. Everything has like meaning. So like she sees the cages with the dogs and dogs are barking and and then she like she like eases inches around the corner and the furnace isn't even on. By the way, guys, like that's the best part about this is like it's not active. No one, there's no doctor there who's like wiping his hands from like having like, yeah. There's another. A couple pounds of puppies in there. Yep, yep. You oh know, there's none of that. It's literally like just an empty, non working furnace. And she's like, the thought of my. No, dog. she, no, 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 no. I watched this this morning. Cameron. I'm misremembering. Please help this me. This is the one part where I had to look away because she walks around the corner and this, this city worker picks up a dog puts it in closes the door what and then you don't see anything but you just like stay on that shot of the door i saw the shot of the door yeah i remember, I remember that door. too that yeah. was they, they put a dog yeah. in it i looked it i looked away for five seconds damn i don't even remember that that's crazy yeah. okay oh <laughs> I was, man I don't want to delete that. delete my last take delete <laughs> yeah. the whole take oh, we'll keep it on no <laughs> damn. that's crazy but they put the, so they put a dog so they do actually have the mis- the malevolent uh city worker who's like yeah, yeah just like oh gotta do it on my dog yeah done my day right but, right but still How julie has live? has witnessed the violent tendencies of the dog on somebody that is allegedly her friend and is like yeah but i'm gonna keep it though still despite crazy. all this uh, yeah, like my i have to stop friend. talking to that girl if that was the case so well, I like, oh, do you still have that yeah. dog dope i think <laughs> maybe molly had me. assumed that the dog was gone <laughs> when they were having that conversation but like little did she know that she was like nah even though my again i she was talking to molly and about molly as if they are very good friends uh but seemingly still valued the dog over her <laughs> then <laughs> the dog goes to get help at the the animal shelter and immediately again attacks another black person another black person <laughs> yeah that's when she their starts own business. to be like hmm another bla- hmm. <laughs> she does though like isn't that yeah, how that scene goes like she's there yeah, and she's, she's like, like damn hmm. oh, instead of like oh i gotta get this dog off of this person <laughs> all yeah. i know is that if you come visit me at the hospital. You better gotten rid of that fucking dog. Or no, we're not real. good. We're not good. Molly, yeah, Molly had sag insurance. She was good. She was good. Yeah. Um, she is the then, most fictional character in this movie. <laughs> and then the dog, like the escape scene, is crazy because, like, I I think they literally tease and, and Carruthers say to each other. There's no way this dog is getting out of here. Yeah. And then we cut to the escape, which is we cut, so hilarious. We cut to the dog looking at the electric fence, understanding that the fence is electrified, looking <laughs> yeah. over at a, a truck that has boxes on it, looking yeah. at a ramp conveniently placed <laughs> so that they can get on top of the truck and does, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> but can then, we talk about the cages that he was in? Because yeah, how how are you so easy that. to just bite through the cage? wire? Yeah, 
The dog is chewing through wire. And there are lions and other wild animals in this enclosure. I assume their cages are the same. He is that dog is powered by that dog is fueled by racism. He's, he's like, like I want to bite niggas so bad. And, yeah, I will bite he's metal. Like a super dog. Can the city yeah. intervene? Because like, <laughs> if a dog can get through, a lion can get through. But this scene is like it's so <laughs> sensational because it's like he sees the escape route. He's like, bet I'm gonna chew through this metal right here. Yeah. Does that <laughs> and then does the ramp to the box over the truck over the fence while the fence explodes like yeah. it's so like uh exploitation for, i mean this, this movie is an exploitation absolutely for all, for all like intents and purposes yeah so I like when this happens the lions are looking at him and are just like oh wow he wilding <laughs> <laughs> could you imagine the lions are just like and eh, see see why why why, why shouldn't i do that <laughs> but if I go out there, oh no, he's a lion. I'm a lion. Yeah, Should you're going to kill me. Papers. Come on. <laughs> Meanwhile, there are bulls on the train tracks in New York City. I don't know. I'm just saying. <laughs> well, the, the dog gets out, and they're just kind of like. I saw that video, by the way. <laughs> That's where yes. everybody was like, yeah. <laughs> the dog gets out, and it's like, it doesn't. They, they're kind of concerned, but not really. Again, you're in, I assume. Not close to South Central LA, but like <laughs> there are black people around. That's they... white dog too. Yeah. White dog is South Central. White dog is like Predator too. It is. It is. <laughs> Danny Glover's in this one too. Um, but they 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 don't see there's not really any urgency because they'll get around to finding the dog till the next day. It's so crazy. the dog has all night <laughs> to go around to do whatever. <laughs> this man gets off a bus. The dog turns around and is like I know that ain't who I think it is. <laughs> just, <laughs> <Yo>. <laughs> lunches at him. <laughs> 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 and, but it's like there's nobody on the street. There's nobody in the no, church. No. Nah. Uh this man gets nope. killed. I don't know how long it takes keys to find the dog. I the dog doesn't the night, dog right? doesn't leave the scene of the crime. It no, never, the dog was like there. look at my work. <laughs> Like a serial killer, like fuck it. He <laughs> Came back is. to the scene of the crime. And like Keys going in to find the dead person is so funny because he's like so slowly walking it. And I'm like, are you trying to maybe save someone? Because you should be like, there's no <laughs> urgency. He's just like slowly like walking it. Like, dude. I don't go nowhere where I'm alone, yo. Like, I don't like how are you gonna walk into an empty church? The, the people, not no one around for miles looks like. And like you, you feel like you're gonna come up on a murder. You literally feel like it's in your body language that you're like, some, some, some ain't right here. Some, some feels like murder. A church. I mean, th- <laughs> unless there was blood, like a trail of blood leading into the church, I'm not. This is yeah, such a I'm coincidental. To like, what happened? I think there was like some sort of blood or something that he followed there. Because he just shows up. Like, it's not like yeah. he's been tracking the dog meticulously. He's just like, well, next stop on my <laughs> my but list of potential like, places this dog could be. And that's and that goes to, like, you know, how every scene, like, every attack scene in this movie is kind of portrayed on the same, like, intensity level. And, and you know, as the movie goes on, obviously, like, progresses and gets kind of crazier and worse. But it it's the exploitation nature of it. Because, like, right keys having like zero information on this dog's whereabouts yet finds him exactly 
at the scene of the crime. Like it's it's so, you know, orchestrated. Uh, you know, even the dog like going out on a rampage for a night, the street sweeper, the street sweeper yeah. explodes inside a store that explodes. And then the dog comes back and he's like, hey man, I had a crazy night. Like it, it's, <laughs> it's, it, it's the setups of these scenes that make it feel like it's so easy, you yeah. know? It's it's the ease of it and like the ease of the danger, the ease of the attacks. Like right. it's just the dog see like literally it's the same music beat even every time yeah. like the dog sees somebody's like niggas. Yeah. That's what the that's like the, the, it's like, it's on the, the soundtrack jaws cube. is what it's called. Yeah, it is it's the jaws cube, but it's niggas. Yeah, like oh it's the the black people gonna die music. It's yeah. Like, <laughs> it sees a black person and it's just like um but then comes arguably to me the the wildest part of the movie and Mm. that's they all sit down to have dinner after finding the dog yes let us talk about this scene and they're (laughs) and they're all just hanging out keys like julie is like keys how did you become such an accomplished uh like you know biologist or what and he gives like his whole life story and they're all talking and then the 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 cops show up and they're all like oh yeah black man did get killed in the church and we do have the dog that did it oh that's right yeah <laughs> and the cops just like oh i just need to i just need directions yeah <laughs> uh, and they're like oh all right bet just go up the road just go away just go get here. out of here <laughs> it's such a crazy scene that that when that happens there's an awkward silence between them when they all yep. just kind of think about, Ugh. and then you know, I think Carruthers is like, "Well, can't let these lamp chops go to waste," and they all just like, oh lord, <laughs> they joke, yeah, had I mean, dinner like, in in the service. So that's what I'm saying. It's like so in the service of ending racism, you are concealing the murder of an innocent black man. Like, what is this? Yeah. To what well, end is this? In, in the service of racism. Yes, exactly. Yeah, that. It's like, exactly that. That's racist. Well, that's... the implication <laughs> of that scene is that one, he's just walked away. <laughs> he just left that man dead in the church. I don't think he called anybody. He ain't called nobody. I don't think he. I think he just took the dog and left. So there is a dead man <laughs> in the church uh, somewhere. He's an that accomplice. Somebody to murder. discovered. He's an accomplice. Um. And they seem to value healing this dog more so than any semblance of justice for this. This man's family will never know what happened to him. He seemingly got mauled by an animal and either left in the church on purpose or like was killed. In the, like nobody knows. There's no information. And so I don't think because this is the thing. And we'll, we're about to get to the research because Samuel Fuller had some pointed thoughts about some things but like, oh yeah he always has pointed thoughts <laughs> but yeah. in, in the movie is presented as an anti-racist film that is the argument that's made by samuel fuller and by people who are lovers of the film but what seems to be happening in all these instances <laughs> at least from my perspective is that they are if the dog is a metaphor or a symbol for white supremacy, they are protecting it at every turn. Right. <laughs> you situation. are correct. Yes. They have the opportunity to stop this and they say, 
but what if we just I think there might be a chance to not even like change it or like cure it or like but but like actual literal harm is happening people are dying and they're like well we could end it now but what if <laughs> we just because because the implication that keys has is that if I like we've talked about before if I can cure this one dog I can cure all the dogs everywhere all over the world I know and then maybe uh win the nobel prize for for dog racism and then like <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's transferable to people or something i don't know it's a very no that's it that's because exactly he it. is so and the next thing he's so adamant he is so adamant about being able to cure this dog that I was like is there more to his backstory like was his dad killed by a dog like is there something that i, I, don't I just know? wish we got that i wish <laughs> i would rather we got that honestly because well, what's his... crazy is he didn't kill the dog and end the experiment until he killed his white friend. Yeah. <laughs> or bit him. I don't know if he died, but... Bit on him. Yeah. <laughs> bit on him I really like good. How... <laughs> I like how he said that, like, yeah, he was biting on him. <laughs> bit on him real good. So I guess, like, like, I guess my question, yeah, for everybody is, like, and you kind of touched on this, Carmen, like, did all of this, all of the things that they're trying to show, like, the dangers of you know racist conditioning and all of this stuff like did it did it kind of backfire in the sense of like we're we're trying to show you know that what what could be like the worst case scenario like mm. if stuff like this goes unchecked but in the movie they're the ones leaving it on they're not checking it right they're letting it go they're, they're the they're, main characters are literally the ones who are letting it go literal accomplices to murder multiple times <laughs> and and they just kind of say well let's just give let's give the dog another chance let's give what, white supremacy one more chance <laughs> what's crazy is like the 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 movie doesn't even frame it like they understand that they are like accomplices to murder as the things go on like yeah like what uh keys left the guy there probably we don't yeah. know the movie doesn't care to tell us no no when uh when the dog comes back to Julie covered in blood, like yeah. Julie's first instinct is let me hug up and love up on this dog and give him a good bath. Like not yeah. why are you covered in blood, boy? Like it could literally just be that line. Like, and you don't even have to have it in the script. You could be on set and be like, oh, Julie has eyeballs and notices that the dog <laughs> is covered in fucking blood. Like you, you like it's stuff like that that makes me think that all of these are deliberate choices to frame these characters as like so um like they don't have any uh like not, not agency when it comes to racism but like they don't understand their place in the social order he's literally but, gives her a history of white dogs like he right. says let me sit you down and tell you <laughs> literally from slavery to now how this has been continued and she's like I don't know if I believe that. Yeah, she's <laughs> sus about it. I mean, it's yeah, it's basically like the man who is like the expert on white dogs somehow miraculously comes into contact with the biggest, baddest, like craziest <laughs> white dog ever. The T-Rex of white dogs. Well, yeah. I guess I guess to close, uh, this is something I, I talked to with Cameron a, a few days ago, but I just want to ask, <laughs> can you imagine... Your agent calls you and says, I have a I have a job. It's a movie called White Dog. <laughs> I just need you to go in for a screen test 
<laughs> with the dog. They really like you. They just want to they want to see you with the dog. They just want to see just the dog hate you. Is the dog uh, going to bite me? Yeah. I don't know. I actually don't know. I can't I can't guarantee yeah. anything. <laughs> because the movie is about the dog biting people. Oh, but it's just a movie though, right? Like it's like it's just a movie. It, like you got fake dog teeth and like everything. Oh no, there's they've got multiple. There's like five dogs. On there's the five dogs. Okay, so but you said there's more dogs now, but also like this doesn't help me because I'm trying to. I'm, I'm just advocating for my safety. You know, I just wanted to know if I'm going to be like you know when you know the dog latches onto me in the shot. You know, it, it could be a fake puppet dog face. It doesn't have to be like real. I again, I don't know. Mr. Fuller, what's my I, I just what's my motivation in the scene? So I'm getting off the bus and I see the dog. Well, you're black, so that's <laughs> that's all you, you do, do that? is you see the dog. <laughs> the the dog will take care of the rest of it. Do I get to say anything? No, you just you just turn and run in terror and then get killed in the church. And action. <laughs> oh no. No, it's like because so here's the thing we were also talking about. This is so confusing to me. Is Paul Winfield like cool with just lions and just wild fucking terrorizing animals? There are multiple scenes where he's like walking around this camp, just petting, dapping up dogs, dapping yep. up lions. Like, what's up, dog? What's up, my lion? Like, well, I was gonna... touching animals that are in the frame with him. Paul Winfield has died in enough movies that I think he's like, look, I don't fear death anymore. <laughs> no fear of death, bro. Across the threshold. No, it's crazy to me. How you couldn't call me with this movie. You couldn't call Cameron Mason and be like, hey, Cam, I know you ain't worked in a while. We got a movie for you. All right. You ain't even got an audition. Great, great, great. Wait, so what do I do? What is, what's the character? Okay. So, so you're you, going to get in the street sweeper. You're getting in the street sweeper, right? <laughs> <laughs> They're going to blow you up while a dog bites on your face. Oh, no. It, but so like I'm a, a character that like gets built up before this point. No, this is the first yeah. time we this see. This is the first. <laughs> this is your first and only scene in the movie. This is how you live and die in the movie. You don't get a name and credits. You're just street sweeper guy. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, can but, you imagine? Uh, is there going to be a stuntman for me? It's you. <laughs> it's you. Yeah, we only got seven million dollars for the is budget. There a stunt, so. Yeah, is there a stunt dog? No, it's the dog. <laughs> Just so method. Like, can you imagine taking your family <laughs> to this movie? I know, right? You're like, I'm proud of my work as the actor. Like, I, mom, big mama, like the whole family came. Big mama, eight cousins, all my brothers and sisters. Let's go. Come see White Dog. Come see me in the movie. And then, oh, this is gonna be my scene. This is my scene. And then that uh, happens. Uh, yeah. I, <laughs> boom. <laughs> It's like, well, are you in the rest of the movie, baby? Yeah, so we can leave. No, nah, we can go. <laughs> we don't want to go to dinner. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine, like, every black person in that premiere, like, just gets up after the death scene and just like, <laughs> fuck it, like, I'm out. Like, that's it. Well, let's get into some of the behind <laughs> the scenes of this movie. Oh, it's there's a lot of interesting things to parse through. Um, and I have a bit of a, some background on like Fuller, Please. and so yeah. no, I just like I know some of his other okay. work, so we could talk about that too. Well, so a couple things, right? One, this movie is based on a book, also mm. called White Dog, uh, by an author named Romain Gary, 
who was married to uh, famed actress uh, Jean Seberg, who we'll get to in a minute. But yeah. the book came out in in the seventies, and so immediately Paramount was like, "Oh, this seems like a thing that we could do," and so they hire Curtis Hansen and uh, a director you may know by the name of Roman Polanski. <laughs> now, if you know about Roman Polanski in nineteen seventy five. Yeah, <laughs> he was doing the things that make him known to be Roman Polanski. <laughs> and uh, right after he gets tapped to do this movie, he also gets charged with drugging and raping a 13 year old girl and he flees the country to never return. It's literally like at this moment. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's how this production of this film starts off. Um, and so after that, for a couple of years, it's going through basically development hell. Like they're trying to figure out who can get this off the ground and so again 1981 is when there's uh, a strike in hollywood of writers and directors and so paramount decides okay what can we kind of fast track to get in theaters because we're kind of running out of things to put out and so white dog is the movie that is tapped to do that and also they to... who's who, who's who's the head of paramount by the way at this time or who's the person that pushes this movie through because that's interesting too I, well, I think I have that. I think it's Eisenberg. It, Michael Eisner. Uh, Michael the, Eisner, yeah. The afterwards ends up being the head of the Walt Disney Corporation. Hell yeah. And is your guy that basically like heads the Disney renaissance. Well, at the time, Paramount wanted to contrast the dog's random attacks with a loving relationship between the protagonist and the dog. And the ex executives stated that they wanted the movie to be, quote unquote, Jaws with Paws. Uh, and Yo, so, I hate movie executives. They all sound like the worst dumbasses ever. Just, had, just saying stuff. Jaws had recently come out, and they were like, "Well, what's what's something that's like that that we could do?" And they keyed it on the white dog. So they wanted it to be, they did want it to be a thriller, um, but they also wanted any racial elements to be downplayed. And in one memo, the company noted, "Given the organic elements of the story, it's imperative that we never overtly address through attitude or statement that the issue." The issue of racism per se uh so the movie's about a racist dog but yep. they're like but don't talk about that uh-huh <laughs> gotcha so the movie is a picture of a white dog for 90 minutes <laughs> yeah yeah just it's static it's static um, picture <laughs> uh curtis hansen was brought back to be the main writer and then suggested sam fuller uh because he thought that Fuller was one of the few directors who had the experience with making these kinds of topical films yes. and also could develop it, de deliver the film <laughs> on time and within budget. Uh, so the film was made like he, he got the job and in 10 days, like wrote the script and then Ooh. like turned around the movie even short. Like he just went right in. So Damn. and we take a step back for a second. <laughs> okay. The movie is, is again, based on uh, white dog by Roman Gary. I had to read the book because I was like, tell me more. Like, what is happening here? What? Um, you like voluntarily read the book in like a week? I voluntarily read the book from the free public library. Uh, so I did not pay for any of this. Straight up. And I basically skimmed it because I did not like this book at all. Um, in the book, Gary, so the, the book is completely different from the film because the book is basically about Roman Gary and Gene Seberg and their relationship. Um, Gene Seberg is a actress who was very famous in the French New Wave. Uh, 
films of the 70s. Also very much so involved in the civil rights movement with mm-hmm. the Black Panthers, so much so that she gets COINTELPRO'd uh, by the FBI, and they are basically spreading salacious rumors about her, calling her phone, all kinds of stuff. Well, there's um, like this famous picture of her, like, literally flanked on all sides with, like, the beret dudes. Yeah. At, a, um, at a, when she when she uh, came to the U.S. And so the the book, in the book, they already have a dog, and their dog goes out one day and then returns with the white dog. And so they're like, oh, new dog, who this? Like, what's what's up with this dog? Um, and they decide to take it in because they're like, I don't know what to do with this. This dog is just hanging around. And over time, you know, the, the dog attacks somebody who comes to do their garden. The dog attacks somebody who is delivering packages. Um, what do all these people have in common? Obviously, they're black people. God and uh, they start to put two and two together. They go and take the dog to a Carruthers, like a like a animal shelter kind of place, because Roman Gary knows this guy through Hollywood, I guess. So he okay. has like this whole animal shelter. There is a Keys in the book, uh, who is a black man, but of course in this version, uh, he is a racist uh, Muslim who hates white people uh and they should get that in the movie basically trains the dog to attack white people and uh roman gary oh no claims that the dog attacks him uh eventually and like attacks one of his friends it's a whole situation now that's crazy roman gary is a noted liar con man uh who made up several names to write under uh people have said that not necessarily shouldn't believe a lot of things but like he is on that um he's 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 santos adjacent in that like roman gary's not even his real name and then he made up another name uh <laughs> to write under uh so taking what he says with a grain of salt you might as well be like the morton salt girl and just get the umbrella out because it's a lot of salt <laughs> um but he <laughs> who knows how much of this is true um but uh the book also is like not really about the dog it's mostly about how he hates all these black people who are in his house uh doesn't like the black panther party um he goes back and forth with some racist but his wife is basically hanging with all them yeah i'll read you this gem from the book in america you only have to read the autobiographies of claude brown cleaver and so many others to realize the psychological and economic conditions in which the young ghetto black lives struggles develops or dies to take away any trace of significance or moral meaning from the fact that such and such a black who is today a lawyer a political leader or a writer was when starting out a man who lived on prostitute prostitutes earnings a criminal a drug pusher or an addict where are the blacks who haven't had a horror among their maternal ancestors and the real horror was the white society blacks whose female ascendants haven't been used to give their first kicks to white male virgins are few there isn't a Negro today who would feel any hesitation in admitting that his mother or his grandmother was a whore. The shame is not on him. To be a pimp in these circumstances is meaningless in terms of blame. The Negro has been forced into position into the prostitu- to position of prostitution, sport, or crime, just as the Jews had to fall back on usury. They were given the corner of that particular market. I'm so, beating his ass on sight. I'm beating his ass on uh, sight. What? <laughs> That's the man who wrote the book. <laughs> Okay. Oh, okay. Sam Fuller was like, I don't know if I feel comfortable with all this. 
And wow, that's yo, that is <laughs> actual caucasity, audacity. That's that's he went cr- in. That's crazy. Yeah, I got to that part and I was like, I think I could put this down. Like that's it. I want to <laughs> run up. I want to run up on him. I want to see him. Yeah. What you I think? Mean, my mom's a what? Your grandma's a what? My grandma's a what? Yeah. That's, that's what he had a lot crazy. of opinions about. <sighs> he literally people. said there isn't a black person in America who can't trace their maternal bloodline to a, that can't trace it to a whore. Yep. But it's not our fault. It's white society's fault. What? I'm gonna beat his ass. I'm gonna beat his ass. I'm gonna beat his ass. He's literally just saying shit. That's, like, yeah, he is. That's, he's that's just some saying Kanye shit. Level shit. That's Kanye he's level making shit. shit up. That's yeah. Where do you get that from? There's a lot of weird. I mean, I I'm not gonna spend too much time quoting from that book, but um, <laughs> a lot of people loved his work. I can't say that I would after reading that. Um, but my God, <laughs> my God. Um, that is like maybe the cruelest thing I've ever heard. I, I think that might be like, <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. crazy. Um, but also that he thought he was like saying something about that. Like, right. I'm sure he, he thought, thought that that bars. wasn't racist. He thought he ate. You know what I mean, Appears, like, what I can piece together, he is one of those counterculture guys who people loved because he was contrarian and said, the things that people were thinking but weren't brave enough to say and today would probably just have a podcast um but uh <laughs> but that's fuller, but that's who sam fuller is a little bit sam fuller r- read the book and was like all right i'll make the movie but also maybe not with all that other shit in it <laughs> um he went full donna glover on himself because he interviewed himself uh, for the film journal framework, but not in the way you think he did, because he interviewed himself as the dog. Uh, so it's an interview between himself and the white dog, who was obviously just him. And this is a section uh, in the interview between him and the dog. So the dog says in, in his Roman Gary's story, uh, is that the one that made it into that got made into the movie and Sam Fuller says no only his character of the racist dog was used the people were changed the plot changed there were about seven or eight scripts on the project it was paramount for paramount for quite a few years I was asked to make the film um and I objected to Gary's handling of the black man in his story it was not my cup of fighting racists the dog asked what did you object to uh fuller says gary's story was about a dog that appeared at gary's door a lost dog gary took him in grew fond of him discovered to his horror that it was a racist dog took him to a white man to be reconditioned but a black worker got hold of the animal and retrained it to attack whites making it a black dog it's horrible enough that a white racist made a dog into a bigot by having a black (laughs) retrain it to attack whites compounds that horror to me such a story is a racist story against blacks and i've never made that kind of film the film was made the film that I made is anti-racist, and if I were black, I'd love it, and if I were racist, I'd hate it. Uh, the dog then asks, then what happens? And Fuller says, uh, I came up with the character of the black anthropologist in a new storyline and different endings, and Paramount went for it. Curtis Hansen, a friend of mine, wrote the shooting wrote the shooting script with me, and ironically, Curtis worked on the very first script years ago, Robert Evans made, with Roman Polanski, who was about to direct it. There are many scripts and several directors on it over the years, but evidently Paramount didn't give the green light to shoot, because the studio obviously and instinctively did not approve of any of the scripts until they heard my approach. Wait, Robert Evans was about to produce this? Mm-hmm. Robert Evans is the same guy who produced, like, The Godfather. Mm-hmm. And he, like, many other, like, hits. 
bangers. So that's foolish take on it. Uh, but, yeah, and with the dog asking <laughs> the questions. Yeah. Um, but then this is where the controversy ensues because the movie is filming, but of course, black people are hearing about this movie called White Dog, about a white dog, based on a book called White Dog, written by a white person, and said, wait a minute. <laughs> some hold questions. up hold up hold up um so after the film and commence paramount pictures brought in two african-american consultants to review and approve the depiction of the black characters there was willis edwards who was vice president of the local naacp chapter and david l crippens vice president and stage manager of the local pbs affiliate so they both were brought in by the studio unbeknownst to Fuller to be on set to watch and to critique and give feedback to Paramount that they would then give to Fuller. Um, oh my God. Both of them had kind of different depictions of a Crippens did not find the film to have any racist connotations while Edwards found it inflammatory and felt it should not have been made, particularly not during that year when a series of murders of back children in Atlanta was occurring. Um, oh yeah. That's 81, the 81, the, child serial murders happened mm -hmm. that year oh my god um so basically they give fuller the notes note fuller finds out about all of this stuff and is furious about it uh he himself says he was known for being a staunch integrationist and for regularly giving black actors non-stereotypical roles and so um he had both of the representatives banned from the set although he did later integrate some of the suggestions and notes that they made uh, so <laughs> it was like he fired them and took yeah, so ban those black people from the set. You might have you might have been spitting a little bit. Let me no. Let me make my racist ass movie. Leave me alone. Um, so the movie was finished in eighty one, uh, but Paramount didn't really want to release it at that point because they were getting cold feet. Um, and WCP was threatening boycotts. In eighty two, they finally had a screening in Seattle. And then another one in Denver, and that had some mixed responses. And then they just kind of threw it out at some theaters in Detroit um, in 1982 for a week. There was no poster, no trailer, no promotion. Um, obviously, it didn't do any business and it was basically shelved by Paramount. Um, so they this is scared. Fuller's <laughs> reaction to that. So in his autobiography, he later writes... Then something strange and ugly happened. An NAACP spokesman named Willis Edwards showed up one day on set. He'd cleared his visit with the studio to see if our film was distorting the image of black people. And I was flabbergasted. Why hadn't an organization as prestigious as the NAACP done their homework and checked on my record before sending a man to spy on my work? If they would have found, if they did, they would have found that I was one of the first directors in Hollywood to use actors of color in an intelligent, complex roles. What right did this man have to stoop around making a nuisance of himself, no matter the honorable objectives of his organization? The NAACP should have, at the very least, had the courtesy and respect to wait and see the finished movie. To my amazement and consternation, rumors began to circulate that White Dog was a racist movie. And even before the picture had been previewed in public, a meeting was called at Paramount with studio heads Michael Eisner and Jeffrey Katzenberg. And as soon as I sat down in the conference room, they dropped the bomb. They were going to shelf my film. And the most absurd twist of events I'd ever heard, the studio was backing down from opening my picture because of rumors of people who hadn't even seen it. Um, and then he goes on to say, shell the film without letting anyone see it. I was dumbfounded. It's difficult to express the hurt or having finished a film locked away in a vault, never to be screened for an audience. It's like someone putting your newborn baby in a goddamn maximum security prison forever. So is it? that's is it how really? he feels about what it's very dramatic. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like you're acting like it was a masterpiece. It was just white dog. Like, <laughs> <you know. laughs> 
but after that, he moved to France and never made another Hollywood picture again. Um, and just made his own movies. So that was his last. Yeah, that was the experience that soured him. Yeah. Well, maybe he shouldn't have made a fucking fucked up racist <laughs> racist ass movie. Maybe like that would have helped. So after hearing all that and hearing the original book, uh, which was pretty racist, <laughs> and seeing the movie, uh, <laughs> which you know, again, Fuller, Fuller feeling the audacity of black people to come onto the set and question his work when he Assange integrationist had given black people work, I guess was his, his feeling about it. Um, like having seen the movie, do you, how do you think it was that bad that it should have been banned and basically never released um, until I think criterion put out, they, they screened it in like 1991 and a lot mm-hmm. of people were like, oh, this is fire. Like, why did they never put this out? And then they put out a DVD collection by Criterion in like 2008. Ironically, when we tried to watch this movie, you can't stream it anywhere except for a quasi-defunct uh, <laughs> uh, streaming service, Voodoo, uh, which is like Fandango's streaming service. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and then Carmen was able to find it on Dailymotion. But you can't you can't even like rent it from Amazon or like YouTube or any of those other places. And the Criterion disc is out of print now. So, you know, going from 81 where you you can't watch it because it's too racist to now where you can't watch it because, you know, you just can't find it. Like, do you think it's a movie that I don't say deserves to be out of print, but like, does it make sense that it was banned in the way that it was? I mean, I don't think it was that like there are definitely worse movies i think that like banning it like that gives it more power than it deserves really yeah i mean it's a bad movie but it's your typical b movie it it just sucks but i don't think it (laughs) deserves to be like taken out of consciousness like oh it was that bad is that offensive like people are gonna riot in the streets if they print more of these. <laughs> no, it was, it was just bad and a waste of money. And I'm yeah. mad that I spent money on it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sorry that happened. Yeah. Try to reimburse you in some sort of way. No, that's cool. This was, I this was for science. This is we're not making money here. I would have spent that money on a pack of pens anyway. So, hmm. oh, uh, I'll get you pens. <laughs> Don't get me. Merry pens, Christmas. But... Merry Christmas. <laughs> don't get me pens um yeah this movie is <laughs> it, like it's like you said it's, it's bad it's, it's it's bad um but at least it's trying to have like i mean i'm not i'm not apologizing for this movie i feel like i say that every episode but <laughs> i i feel like it's trying to it's trying to have a conversation it's trying to be an exploitation film like it's, yeah. it's they know they only had like so much of a budget they know it's a caustic idea so it's like an idea that's going to like, no matter what, even if the movie itself is exploitative or not, it's going to like ruffle feathers. White dog, like it's the same situation with this terrible trailer that came out the other day, the uh, American Society for Magical Negroes, that turns out to only be a romantic comedy about black people trying to make so, white people feel better. It's so bad looking. It's, 
<laughs> and that's a movie that should actually never see the light of day off of, yeah. off of the trailer alone. It's such a waste of putting Negro in the title. Like, <laughs> right, yeah. right, so, right. It's, it's such a, studio, a waste. It's a studio movie. I think it's being released by Focus. Yeah. That's like, that's insane. Um, that has Negro in the title. Now, that's not even like a thing that we're in the 2020s. Like, all for a rom com? All for a goofy rom com that's like not even like subversive to an African American audience, which is who you're speaking to if that's in the title. Yeah. Like this movie is apparently not for white people yet. I think that's going to be its majority audience. Probably. I mean, what's what's so confusing about that to me is one, um, I think every everybody David Allen Greer has a lifetime pass. Yeah. So, you know, like he's able to do that. But everybody else who read that script and said, Yeah, okay. Bet. You know, like if I'm if like if David Allen Greer only got the parts that he's in and then saw the trailer and was like, Oh Yeah, if he only like <laughs> saw that part of the script where he's like what the I this was Dumbledore of this magical Negro school, he was like, Bet, yeah, I'll do that. But like the part where it's a rom-com and like little meters for white tears pop up next to people and then yeah. like it's a black person's job to be like Oh, let me make you feel better. Oh, I'm sorry that you're crying. The thing sorry. about it is, if God. the trailer, the trailer is supposed to sell the movie. If the movie has any level of subversiveness to it at all. Yeah, it's not apparent in the trailer whatsoever. So, it's, like, it scares me. It literally scares me because I feel like the idea is that the rug is going to be pulled out in the third act. You know, like if we went to see the movie, we'll actually get the version we want. But they're not well, trying to like some people online who said they have that. seen the movie said. That's oh, it. Oh, <laughs> no. Well, it's, my guess, you know. my guess is that no black people are going to see this movie because they're going to see the trailer. Well, and we then the, the all... Twitter fingers were active yesterday. Trust me, black people ain't seeing this movie. And then all the white people that go see this movie are going to have a hard time buying a ticket. Because well, they got to ask for the ticket. <laughs> They'll get it online. Yeah, no, they're going to be like, online. can I get the imaginal? Mm. No, they'll do it like uh, the Sam Jackson interview <laughs> for Django Unchained. Uh, there's a lot of talk about, uh, you know, the uh, the N word in this in this movie. What, what do you mean? Nope. Just say the word. You mean nincompoop? What do you mean? Spit it out. And he's like, I just, I just I, say I, I it. American Association know. of Magical People of Color. Please. <laughs> oh, I don't know what you're talking about. What what movie? No, I'm you know. Work. The movie I'm trying to. I'm going to go back to work at a movie theater just for this season. I just want to see. I'm just going to write the title down and pass it. No, just say it. And I'll pass it right back. Yeah. Can you see that? I can't read this word. Would you read that for me? What is this? I. I. What is that? I can't read your handwriting. Yeah, I know you wanted to speak up. Trying to say. You wanted to speak up, bruh. The the magical um. Hmm. Magic. <laughs> um, you're gonna have to help me out. This know what I'm trying to. No, I don't. I don't I know what you're say. trying to say. I never know what you're trying to say. Because <laughs> if this was gonna be a movie that black people were gonna see, they would just go up and be like, "Can I get the net magical Negroes movie?" <laughs> Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's what's going to happen. Can I see magical, ma one for magical niggas, please? <laughs> <laughs> two for magical niggas, please? Two, two for magical niggas? <laughs> magical niggas. <laughs> but sadly, 
No niggas is going to go see that movie. So that's not going to happen. Niggas ain't seeing Except this, for no. Candace Owens. She's going to be there. Well, she's for, yeah, she's front and center. She's um, going to say it with the hard R. <laughs> Uh, well <laughs> since we're on this topic let's let's get to what people had to say about white dog um yeah. going around to all the different aggregate review sites let's see what you guys think people had to say starting with imdb out of 10 stars Oof. uh let's start with you carmen what do you think white dog has on imdb i can't remember if i looked or not so not knowing if I looked or not, I'm going to say like 6.2. Okay. Kemet? I didn't look, but if IMDb is anything like me, they, they put two, just two stars because this, it's got to be. It can't not be. <laughs> Cam? I, I think you're going to be sorely disappointed, Kemet. <laughs> um, what? But- yeah, but I will. I will say I don't think it's six high. I I feel like people see this and they're like, "That's an actual bad movie," but I like it somehow. I feel like it's gonna be like a five point five or something, for like a five point two. Seven stars. Get uh, the fuck. Oh, oh, that's um, like close to the IMDb top two fifty. That's like yeah. close. That's like 250 was like, I don't know, fucking Kill Bill Volume 2. And then it's like White Dog. Yeah. Who, who took the survey? Uh, who did they ask? You can guess. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. I mean, going through the reviews, a lot of people <laughs> felt this movie viscerally. Uh, uh. Some of the titles, The True Horror of Racism, Told Through a Dog. Uh, underrated and Heartbreaking. The fuck? Um one, I thought I lived in the United States. Um, yo, I hate people. Yo, they mad. Just so, that guy's so dramatic. I thought I lived in the United States. I thought I lived in America. Blunt, unflinching B-movie filmmaking. Uh, so there's a lot of people who really were just like, you know, this is this was a movie that really took racism headfirst and like talked is about difficult that? subjects and uh, made me feel things. So <sighs> that's IMDb. Let's go on to white dog on rotten tomatoes what do you think white dog has out of a hundred percent um i'll say 60 percent. i'm gonna stay in the sixes like in the tomato rating yeah, yeah, yeah. rotten tomatoes so as a percentage you know voodoo actually had that posted <laughs> before oh, i, I even it. pressed it <laughs> i think it was in the 90s <laughs> I think it was a 90 percentile okay. around that, like 96. I, I think I watched this like in the middle of the week, so like, <laughs> I could be wrong. Uh, <laughs> Cam? Uh, dang. I think I might have to take back what I said in the last one. Uh, I guess, yeah, 65% maybe? 94%. Get the fuck uh, out I was of here, right. Damn, it was right. right. Wow. They posted it, and that's why I was scared to press it because that's my money. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, oh, I gotta pay for this. Ew. Uh, Jonathan <laughs> Rosenbaum of the Chicago Reader says, "As in the fables of Aesop and La Fontaine, the hero of Fuller's Parable may be a dog, but the subject is the human race." Uh, <laughs> oh my god! I hope he does. I hope he's not a writer anymore. Um, again, a lot of people are just like you know. Uh, what a brilliant idea 
dog as symbolism for racism. The thing that we have to take into account is one, white people love dogs. Sure, that's true. And, um, you know, the, the, the tragedy happening to a dog um, is probably oftentimes more tragic than like if it was just a black person yeah so like the like the because that's the movie really is just like this poor dog this poor dog it's really really awful what happened to this dog in particular and like nobody else you know don't worry about the guy who got murdered in church i was about to say they saw a dude get murdered in a church (laughs) that was a blip in the movie that was such a blip in the movie barely happened and then when they shot the dog in the next scene they were like oh my god yeah (laughs) Why fluffy? No, everyone's worried about the dog. Julie's worried about the dog. He's is worried about the dog. Brothers, is, Brothers like, is like, I mean, you might shoot the dog. You know? Kill that nigga <laughs> on but, sight. Do it. But most people seem to be really worried about the dog. Um, and I guess that carried over to the critics. Going Jeez. over to our absolute favorite, Amazon.com. What do you think I mean, of white dog? I'm sure it's five stars. Four point nine. <laughs> yeah, Garvey's going four point nine. I am too. 4.9. 4.9, yeah. Kemet? 3. 4.6. God damn. Um, that's so, people really loved it. Yeah. Um, Bet they did. <laughs> a lot of people wrote dissertations in their reviews. So I don't think I'm going to go through and read all that. but Okay. Uh, <laughs> Amazon is funny for that. They really do be. People really loved it. Now, can I tell you something that you may not know? There was a white dog too. I know. White dog was remade in 2022 by a French film company and was a more literal transaction or translation of the Romain Gary novel. Of the novel? Oh, um, no. So, similarly, somehow, it's like the, <laughs> the original, and I couldn't watch it, I couldn't find it. I looked around for it. Um, I was trying to stream it. Can't see it. Um, but apparently, not only did they take it more more literal, um, because in the book, you know, there's the murder or the assassination of Martin Luther King Jr. and Romain Gary is in like Washington D.C. for that, so he's like talking about that, and you know, there's other things going on in L.A. So it it deals more with the actual real Romain Gary and, and Gene Seberg and their relationship and mm. all kinds of other things. And the dog is there and is attacking black people. Um, but it's called in France, it's called Chien Blanc. Um, Chien Blanc. Yeah, it's like right now. It just, they, they had black people involved in the making of the movie and all kinds of stuff, but it's still kind of like I don't, I don't know about that. Hey man, if I get broke, the I'll trailer, do White Dog Three. Like, I understand. I don't think this is going to work out the way you think it is, but <laughs> <laughs> y'all gonna have to understand. If I get too broke, White Dog Three comes around. <laughs> I might have to do that shit. I might have to get bit. Yeah, but I might have to go out like Street Sweeper dude though, for sure. <laughs> like they're gonna have to build a whole set to destroy for me. Well, let's very quickly. Is is this they they remade the movie? But is this a movie that can or should be remade? Is there anything here that is like we need this in our lives? I mean, I don't know because, like you said, if the source material is coming from a flawed place, I mean, unless you're trying to improve it somehow, 
Like, I think the only way it could be remade in a way that would be valid would be if it was remade by person of color, honestly. We don't need another white person making it. <laughs> well, but but would we make this movie? Like, if, if we had a chance to make a movie, seemingly, is it, if it's between... I think it could actually be fun. Yeah, I think... Think it, about it. A black yeah. person making a movie about, like, a scary, racist white dog. <laughs> there's well, gonna be like thing. some humor in it or but are we gonna least. get are we gonna get that or are we gonna get the association of the american magical negro like are we gonna get like a have you looked up that guy have you looked him up i i saw his face and You've seen his face there you go <laughs> I, I, literally all my questions were answered looking at his instagram i was like I, yeah i don't want to prejudge people that i don't know their work go ahead go and like... prejudge the shit out of them go go do it do it i was like i don't know if I, you know, I, that nigga I, does not look like he's gonna make a do the right thing in his career. No, I'm gonna uh, tell you that right now. Yeah, well, I mean, Cameron, maybe Coke Williams could remake White Dog. You better, hey, hey, Karen. you better, hey, <laughs> Coke Williams, Karen, too, White Dog. Yeah, Karen has a white dog now, <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. Like, he made Karen, and that shit was like, it's not good. That, that movie's probably worse than White Dog, but oh, sure. he had, at least had like the notion to like infuse some humor in it like give it character give it that CeeLo song give it that <laughs> oof my <laughs> bro uh, <laughs> whips and chains <laughs> I'm still mad that song doesn't exist anywhere it's really you can't upsetting. I know no. you cannot find it not even on YouTube yeah Anything, like white dog and whips and chains by CeeLo. <laughs> Wait, what? Wait. So you can find anything but white dog and whips and chains by CeeLo. Uh, <laughs> they both scrubbed the shit out of that. It was like, I, I fucked up. I think I fucked up. Yeah. Well, I wonder, you know, like, I think there is something to it, but it does, like, from the perspective of the white dog, no. No. I don't think that's. I think I had enough during that scene of, like, his breakout scene. Yeah, and again, like the, it, like it could be something where again, like you know, a neighbor gets a dog, they live next to a black couple. They think the dog is fine. The dog has actually been trained to be a white dog. They're mm. in denial about it because what does that say about them that they adapted this racist dog? Um, and like, you know, it turns into kind of this this domestic dispute between both of them of like you know we're not going to move because you have a racist dog and like we're not going to get rid of our dog just because right maybe he doesn't like black people <laughs> I, no i think there's actually no i think there's some merit in that allegory because you know like that has to do with like this there is this per pervasive notion amongst white people that's like since my ancestors did all that shit i am i am i have no I didn't have anything to do with that. I'm yeah. so far removed from that. And they're like, obviously, they benefit from all like, you know, the terrible things that happened in slavery, you know, generational wealth, white people, just white people's wealth in this country, white people's status in this country is and the places they work, the places that were built by black people, like they don't want to acknowledge any of that stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think that would definitely have something to do with the whole like, Wait, they had they own a dog that was trained as a white dog, but they didn't train that dog. No, and I, I didn't tell it to go bite Keisha next door. I didn't I didn't do that. That's not my fault. 
And I think that's a that's a decent like something that, that's something we're touching on, especially in the movies, because like white people do not want to talk about like, oh my my ancestor owned slaves, like my granddad owned slaves. Yeah, you know, like you're not even a whole like two generations from that stuff. It didn't happen that long time ago. Like you like to say, somebody's grandmother spit on Ruby Bridges. Sure did. Somebody. Don't act like it wasn't. You know. You're, you're the granddaughter of that person like you met your nana you know your nana to spit on black people like don't lie i i think there's i think there's yeah there's merit in that it's just white people won't see that movie because they don't they have to be tricked into seeing something like that yeah and i i don't know that's the thing i think like you gotta you gotta try to push it through in a way that like it's like trojan horse it a little bit yeah well you know even more so like you can't really do the movie straight, you know, like you, there has to be some other element added to it because when you're just like, well, dog is, and, and like the, the necessity of like, we have to cure the dog. Right. Yeah, take that like, out. You, that's, that's crazy. Not, you know, nobody, I mean, that could, that could be the definitely not no black person. Yeah. Right. That could exactly. be the neuroses <laughs> of the white people who own the dog who are like, well, we have, we have to do that because, if we can cure this white dog, that means that we something, you know, whatever. We have a hand in curing racism. Maybe, yeah, or but something. black people yeah. are like, please get your dog. Get your dog. The end. <laughs> Every black person in that version of the movie should just say that. Should look, yeah. hey, hey, get your dog. Get your dog. Get your dog. Every time, even the street sweeper guy. Hey, hey, get your dog. Yes. Go get your dog. <laughs> um. Well, now that we've talked about all of this, let's put this movie through our caucasity ranking system um as you guys know we have three levels of caucasity i don't even know if we've really decided what the third level is going to be this week maybe we'll we'll do some uh brainstorming oh, in real time i i, I think I, I think i got a good yeah mm. i think i got a good option okay yeah well, uh starting with our first level this is shorts in the winter i mean it's winter we all know what's up like we're in baltimore <laughs> you're in new york cameron like yeah it's it, it there's such a thing as a mild winter right where things kind of go back and forth but we're talking about like cold cold it is 28 degrees yeah it's 28 degrees you've got birkenstocks no i mean socks and sandals however you feel about it but like you're just in sandals in the cold there's snow on the ground you got shorts on you're going around to the grocery store at the gas station like you're having a full day in shorts uh, you have you have a North Face on, so there's some. Yeah, it is. It's so crazy that that is the tr it's it's true. It's so true. Yeah, you got a hat. You got like a wool cap. Like there's some acknowledgement that it is cold. Except waist down, you're like I'm good. Um, and this is the level where it's not hurting us, but we do have questions. Something is amiss. We'd like to have some answers, but you know, it's there's no no harm is actually being done. Um, Cameron, what's the second level? And the second level of caucasity is uh, this movie's touching my hair. So that means the movie is now like, it's a problem. I mean, it's not a problem worth getting violent over or like yelling or screaming, but it's definitely like, hey, well, you invading the space a little bit. Yeah. Um, the third level, I mean, there's there's a lot of different ways to go. So that's why I was like, <clears throat> I, I will open the floor up to anybody who might have a suggestion. I could throw out a few, but Cameron, it seems like you have something. Yeah. Um, 
not not too happy with uh, Doja Cat's response recently <laughs> about wearing white nationalists on a t-shirt talking about hey it i don't give energy to to, to that i it was a funny guy on my shirt <laughs> and like my fans should know that i wear funny guy on shirt go haha you had to go find that shirt sis bro yeah. you know where do you get that shirt, shirt from, sis? you have un, you have over a million fans like where do you get that shirt from where do you buy that from? That was my first question. Was like, is that red bubble? You you're Doja Cat. You probably had it made. Like, you went out of your way. You went out of your way. Yeah, you certainly don't just like find that at the Gap. So you can't be on Instagram rolling your eyes like, I had to crap this shirt out of the frame. Like, girl, <laughs> she always you been had messy. intention. Yeah, she 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 always been messy. But this I do. Is... I'm a fan, but I don't. Um, condone her behavior. <laughs> yeah, I, I like some of her music too. She but... she's she does stuff that I'm just like, okay, I wouldn't have done that. Wouldn't have done she, that. Uh, <laughs> as as Kimmet says sometimes, uh, she irky. Hmm. They're irky. Yeah. Oh, that's that's my uh, <laughs> like. You can listen to the music, but just like whenever you see them do something you're just like, yeah <laughs> let me just uh... <laughs> we'll just look the other way are there any other uh major caucasities this week i mean there's some stuff Kanye? that i'm like no, i don't know i don't know I, if it's yeah I, I know see like this is why i was like i don't know because doja cat's like half white so like <laughs> that's true kai yeah. is just actual crazy yeah yeah, I mean, there's there's stuff where it's like, this isn't fun. Yeah, you know, there's there's no enjoyment here. Uh, so we could stick with that this week. Uh, okay. Because looking at some other, I mean, again, there is. I guess if I had to throw a second in there, a twenty four and Alice Garland were like, hey, guess what? Yeah. What if? <laughs> Just hold on a second. What if Civil War two, right? But no black people are involved this time. So oh. it's like, <laughs> oh, is that better? Does that make it better for you? <laughs> don't get me started on the Netflix movie that's out this week, Leave the World Behind, mm. where Mahershala Ali lets uh, Julia Roberts and Ethan Hawke sleep in their house. Yeah. <laughs> because it makes them feel more comfortable during basically like a destabilization of the united states well that's right i did watch that movie so i guess yeah peacock cassidy is julia roberts dancing to too close too close in <laughs> with mahershala ali behind. yeah yeah because when the apocalypse comes gotta make sure them white people are happy mm -hmm. and and comfortable in your house yes which yeah i don't know like all also these... produced by the obamas but oh, you know right. it's, i mean dang what? All of these things are just kind of yep. like between Magical uh, Negroes and uh, Civil War and that Netflix movie. It's just kind of like, I know there's not quality control at all times. <laughs> like, remember just a few years ago, you know, like things seem to not be trending upwards, but it, like we we're kind of cutting this shit out. Or at least people were like, hey, cut that shit out. And they're like, all right, all right. Yeah, yeah. But now they're just like, nobody's watching no more. All right, look, <laughs> here's the game plan. Um, so I guess of those three levels, Kemet, we'll start with you. Where do you think White Dog lands? Uh, White Dog feels like it's touching my hair a little bit. 
It really does. It, it, something about it is too stupid to take it that seriously. But there are things where I'm just like, it's mostly the synopsis that's not telling you it's a racist dog. Because I read that before. There was so much I had to read before I pressed purchase. <laughs> on this Just because I was like, why am I doing this? But <laughs> I read the synopsis and it was really dancing around the idea of a racist dog. Mm. It was just like this dog has has prejudices or feelings against that's what it's going to attack. And I'm like, just say the thing. But I don't know. It feels like it was touching my hair. It really has <laughs> alternative opinions about. <laughs> yeah, it alternative has alternative opinions. opinions. <laughs> this dog is a talking head on Newsmax. This dog is a free thinker. Uh, <laughs> it, it really. This dog smokes blunts on the Joe Rogan experience. <laughs> Talking about, hey, racism might not be bad. I don't know. Hey, I'm gonna bite a nigga later. I don't know. I don't know. I, you know, I read in a textbook that slavery was actually pretty good for black people. You know, what they, I mean? so they dapped up their slave masses all yeah. the time. <laughs> um, Carmen, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I would also go with touching my hair. Like, it's not, like I said, I don't think it should be banned. It's not overly egregious or anything, but it is very tone deaf on a lot of things like for instance when paul winfield refers to finding another black <laughs> yo love that, <sighs> another love that. <laughs> we need to find another black i'm like what mm. <laughs> okay anyway so yeah just touching my hair <laughs> all right cameron god man <laughs> I, I i almost forgot that one for a second um <laughs> I think this movie is like touching my hair point five a little bit. Um, I, I don't. I don't think it's like full Doja Cat trying to act like she don't know white nationalists. Um, I just think it's murky, right? Because the movie is released under in a way that it's like we don't want to talk about the racism, but like the filmmakers obviously want to talk about the racism, and like the author of the book definitely wants to talk about the racism. Um, so it's like varying levels, right? But the movie we got is just like too confused about its own politics trying to fuse it with the story of the white dog yeah and like but i think what puts it over for me what puts it the point five for me is like keys's monologue about trying to save people through this dog like it's so misguided it because it puts the onus of racism on the black person to solve, get the fuck yeah. out of here with that. Like, get all the way the fuck out of here with that. Uh, and then, on top of that notion, it's like, why would why would we like? I don't know. Like, why why make a movie where we film a black person like saying things like this? Like, why? Because it's obviously false. Black people definitely don't feel that way. And like, like you said, Carmen, it's tone deaf. It's like it's just it's not it's not speaking to anybody particularly. Like. All the black pe characters in this movie that I have to, um, I guess, empathize with. I don't even get long enough to empathize with it before they've driven into a modern two and exploded. <laughs> or, like, got dragged into a church to get mauled to death in front of Jesus Christ. Like, you know, like, it, it, it's it's stuff like that where it's like, I want to, I want, get, let me in. I want to get into the movie. <laughs> let me into the movie. Give me a character to empathize with. But you yeah. gave me keys. And keys is like, you know 
he's gone off the deep end. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's interesting because there's there's parts of the movie that are like this is a B movie. Like this is For this, sure. and you got seven million dollars, you film this like probably like in a week or whatever, like you just went to town. So like in that sense, you know, like the fact that it's coherent is an accomplishment, I guess, in that it's just not like a, a mess of just like all these crazy images of dogs attacking yeah. people. Um, but yeah, at the end of the day, like, I don't, I can't parse what it's supposed to be saying. Cause it's, I know, I know the implications is racism bad, but like, but you, I mean, even at the end, it's like, but you can't, are you telling me that you can't cure it or that it's, yeah, we can't do anything about it. Or that the that in trying to, uh, you know, rewire racist tendencies, we're just going to create like reverse races or like I don't, right. I'm not quite sure what. <laughs> yeah, because I don't, I don't know what the fuck you mean by that ending. Yeah, there's some weird stuff going on in here. Like I was hoping it would be more like another great animal killer movie, which is Monkey Shines, uh, which it. it <laughs> It had the feel I, of that. That's the last that. thing I was expecting you to say during this podcast somehow. <laughs> but, but I was like, oh, you know, like, because again, like in Monkey Shines, the monkey turns on its yeah. owner. And like if the dog had somehow turned on Julie at the end and she's kind of been cornered by this dog and, you know, all this like, OK, like I thought that's where it was going to go. But it was like, nah, it's going <laughs> to kill white people or kill black people with dogs. Um, so I would also give it a two. Um. And yeah, I don't really know if there's because it yeah, it it it's definitely not as bad as this film needs to be banned and never seen by anybody. Like you can watch it if you want. Like I don't think it's gonna do anything terrible to people. Um yeah. but at the same time, it's kind of like you were saying, Carmen, where I think having it be something that was like forbidden, once people actually saw it, they were like, Well, now we have to like give it extra praise because you know, like we 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 want to hype it up, and people really like Sam Fuller, and like you know, he's got his following of people. So I'm sure there are people who are like, you know, you drove him out of Hollywood for this, like this mm. movie that isn't really that bad because it is like all the death more or less happens off screen. Like, you know, if you've watched a modern horror movie, you've seen worse things, you know, happen yeah. to people. Um, but at the same time, it's just like it's still a lot of black people. <laughs> <laughs> and i don't need to watch that so yeah um well let's get out of here is there anything that people want to recommend to people during the holiday season it could be a holiday movie it could be potentially a gift idea it could be um you know something that you just want people to know about so cameron we'll, we'll start with you is there anything that you want to tell people about um hold on let me, uh -oh, let, me uh -oh. let me go to the letterbox. Oh, okay. It was like, do you have props? <laughs> oh no. <laughs> no, that is what Def it looked like. So, <laughs> now let me let me go through the diary. See what's the last good thing I watched. Mm. See if I actually have a good recommendation for anybody. Oh, um, I saw two really good movies. Uh, one was How to Blow Up a Pipeline. Super good. Um. If you like uh, environmental thrillers or like, you know, movies that aren't Civil War or leaving the world behind that are trying to scare the <laughs> shit out of you, 
you can watch a movie that tells you to hey fucking pick up something and do something and maybe maybe this world could actually be a little better um cast is cool it's like a, a lot of young people you're seeing in like other movies like a dude from blackish is in it like junior from blackish is in it um the star also wrote it and it's a pretty like it's a pretty good script actually with for somebody's debut uh just like a bunch of young people environmental activists find out a way to blow up a pipeline and you kind of watch their reasoning for it it was a pretty good movie um it's on hulu so you can stream it right now and then the other one i saw was i saw what may end up being hayao miyazaki's last movie which is the boy and the heron or how do i live i want to see that so bad it's really good but it also like do not do be prepared for it not to make any sense <laughs> and i i think people kind of are rubbed up against it a little wrong because or like it's not it's it's not sitting well with them because a lot of the logic is just dream logic in that movie like you you step in the doors and you never see characters again you uh you know you go into magical worlds and you're just supposed to kind of just understand what's going on a little bit sometimes but you know this is this is the last maybe one of the last movies from like one of the true great like filmmakers like this he's still playing the hits he can still like make you know beautiful fantastical characters make a storyline that like it's just one of the most incredible movies i've ever seen about like the creative process and death and like knowing about like knowing about your mortality while you're like a creator i don't know it's it's just like it's it's dense but it's very watchable and uh i thought i thought it's probably like gonna be one of the best movies of the year nice um Kemet, you have anything to recommend? Um, I've been watching a lot of stuff lately. I've been mostly working. <laughs> but I remember the last thing that I really saw that I really liked that was just Christmas themed was Mariah Carey's Christmas special. Yeah. It's on it's on Paramount. Yeah. And I she's touring right now. She yeah. actually was in Baltimore yesterday. Yeah. Which why I was stuck in traffic come along. <laughs> but she was here and she I think she does it every year. She just kind of tours and does like a Christmas show where she does all I didn't know she had all this Christmas music out. Oh, okay. I was She's gonna say I find Christmas out every albums. year that she has just more and more and more Christmas music. That's where the money's at, baby. Yeah. Yeah. Her Christmas special is actually really good. It's really cute. You know, she she does her thing. She has so many songs and she brings the kids out. She brings her her twins out and it's so cute. Isn't it's, the can in there? I have no. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> <laughs> He's out doing a world tour around his own other kids. Oh, I, I feel yeah. <laughs> I feel like he has to jump from house to house. What a Christmas. He's the real life Santa Claus because <laughs> he's got a lot of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> see all his kids so his baby mamas don't say anything <laughs> Carmen, what about you? um i will say earlier we were talking about gene seberg so i guess watched breathless if you haven't oh yeah that's probably her biggest film yeah and the best one she's in i think too oh yeah i would say so though looking at her IMDb it looks like there are a number of just like French movies and maybe more just like noir movies that could or could not be good. 
to maybe dive into, but yeah, I'm sure Breathless is the best one. Nice. Um, I'll recommend a book that I'm I'm almost done with, and I think everybody should read, and it's this book right here, which is um maybe I should hold it up to my face. What about <laughs> the <laughs> it's Black AF History by Michael Harriet, um, who is longtime columnist for the Root and then moved over to the Grio, uh, and is maybe the best cultural writer alive. Uh and, oh, oh shit. Uh, and writes is able to to weave history and like you know story and humor into like all of his work in a way that's like it's it's he's like your uncle who just knows everything and will just like rattle back all of these facts and historical things in a way that's easy to digest but also like you should know this stuff like you should know (laughs) all of these things (laughs) um because it's it's i think like this movie right when you're seeing people who are there's there's the black people who are like intimately like we know not even just what a white dog is but what a white dog does and like the harm that can come from that and white people are like what's a white dog i've never heard of that (laughs) and it's like well it's it's all it's here you know it's in this book and this book is referencing all these other books but like you know if you're looking for something um that's not necessarily light reading but it's like good read like it's not just well written but like gives you um you know a lot of foundational stuff especially again if we're looking at civil wars or leaving the world behind or all this other stuff uh <laughs> something yeah. that you could say hey you know i i have a bit more of a grip on how we got to places like this and it's because people don't know stuff like this uh so i would recommend this book um and yeah, I don't know if there's any. Watch the Wiz. Everybody just watches the Wiz. Yeah, just watch the Wiz. Yeah, watch the Wiz. Yeah, watch the Wiz. I need to rewatch that. Um, yeah, and the color purple's coming out this Christmas too. That's like, true. Yeah, go see that. Yeah, yeah. Me and mom are gonna watch it this Christmas. I know. I wish Christmas I was Day. Yeah. Well, teleport. Yeah, Cameron, you can just just <laughs> just while just they're teleport. in the theater, <laughs> pick up the phone, call them, and then yeah, I just Facetime. I'll just be black as fuck and just Facetime y'all during the movie. <laughs> Can you lift it up a little bit? Lift it up. I can't see. I can't see. <laughs> Loudly chewing popcorn on the phone. Uh, it's good. It's good. Um, oh, yeah. That's going to do it for us this week. Uh, thank you to our wonderful, beautiful sisters, Carmen and, and yes. Kemet, for coming on. Thank you guys Bye. so much for coming. Thanks for having us. Third year. Yeah. Woo! We'll keep keep the, the tradition, tradition alive. Yeah. yeah. I'm just proud of y'all for keeping it going at this long. And I mean, we're. Thank we're you to all the listeners for supporting <laughs> see, my brother. <laughs> it's true. It's true. But we, you know, these so movies are wild. These movies are wild. And, and there's more. There's so many. And there's, oh, there's so many more. more. And there's more that they come out still. Yeah. So we are we are crusaders almost yeah, a little bit basically. at this point. <laughs> um, but yeah, if you're at home listening, you know, hopefully you're having some good times with your family and friends and loved ones and people around. Um, I mean, it's what a, what a year it has been. Indeed. <laughs> and what a, year. what a year potentially it may be. Uh, and so I <laughs> Next think year. keep, yeah, keep those you love close to you. Uh, cause it's boy, what, what a time to be alive. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we, we always love and appreciate everybody who listens to the show, um, tunes in to hear us and, if you want to see more, again, unfortunately, who knows if Twitter will be around in 
in how a year. many weeks we have left. Months. <laughs> uh, so, but we're still there at white underscore pod. Uh, Cameron's working on a TikTok, so we'll yep. have that maybe still at white underscore pod. I don't know. You guys gonna uh, get a threads? We might do a threads. Who knows? You know, there's blue sky, there's uh, black people keep threatening stuff, and then I keep I don't hear anything about it, right? I feel like, like spill, yeah. People are like, I don't know if that's it. I all of this stuff has some like gestation period before it takes off so i'm i'm just waiting until somebody's like you should come over here um right y'all figure it out and let me know send out the invite (laughs) who who all gonna be there yeah uh uh, but you can always write to us at white people won't save you pod at gmail.com uh but we'll see you in the new year have a good one peace 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 You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved.